got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. It's me! Uh... Jeb is sick, so it is me, uh, T.A. Tim, hosting the show again. Some of you guys out there are saying, cool. Some of you guys are probably about to click off. Uh, Don't click off because it's going to be a good show. You know, not good for crypto. Crypto is uh, is not in a good spot, but the show is still bullish. And if that's something you love, guys, even before we get going, show your support for Jeb. Pray for him. Care for him. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow because we got some big stuff going on this week. But it is me. It is me. I am joined by a couple of amazing people. I'm going to start with, though, the most amazing of them all. And that is my wife, Taylor, sitting in my seat. Taylor, how are you doing this morning? Hello, everybody. I am doing good. Um, Crypto is doing good long term. That's what I said. Kudos. Yeah, there we go. Cool stuff. I'm also joined via Zoom by Kelly Kellum up in New York. Kelly, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, man. Uh, You know, we're just watching this market go... uh, feels like it's bombing down a hill on a, on a snowboard or, you know, it can't, can't seem to get upright, but you know what? Uh, there are still bullish metrics, but today I think we're going to be covering a lot of, uh, some of the bearish things that have been going on and some, some signals that are fighting against the bulls. And, uh, while there are, well, as you'll see, there's still quite a few bullish metrics that, that are screaming by and they have been for a few weeks, but, uh, you know, you and I both, and we'll go into this. uh, We still think that there's a still potential room to go down, yeah. Uh, so yep. macro bullish midterm, we got, we got to fight these bears, man. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about it. There are, there are reasons to be a slightly bullish. There's reasons to stay bearish. We're going to jump into all that, but first some of your favorite persons on the show, Smaynold, the turtle King. How you doing, Smay? I'm doing very wonderful. I had a great weekend, uh, yeah. very relaxing, spent a lot of time, you know, just, Vibing, reading, and, you know, uh, sharpening my mind is very good. But I would like to take this opportunity, guys, uh, to just say, wow, I love Bitcoin. And two, I want to shout out our beautiful members who are in the chat right now. We have Crypto Sarah, Crypto Sec Guy, TZ, Alan Carey, Crypto Couple, Mike Markle, JoJo, Adam Rourke, Matt C, uh, Crypto Sec Guy again, Elliot Locke, Oh my gosh, you guys are the best. I love you guys. Uh, cheers. I love you. I love you guys a lot. There we go. Perfect. Well, guys, as we said, we're going to be talking about Bitcoin today in the cold crypto space because unless you uh, just woke up from a four-day nap, uh, Bitcoin is continuing, and the rest of the crypto space is continuing to go to the downside. What does this mean? Some people see this as an amazing buying opportunity. Others see this as the beginning of the end. Some of you are in the middle just sitting here saying, I don't have no idea what to do. Tim, help us. That is what this show is going to be all about. We're going to start off by looking at a market watch. Then we're going to jump straight straight into Bitcoin and talk about the TA, the news, the on-chain, what is happening there. Kind of discuss that for a little bit. We'll then finish the show talking about Ethereum and a couple other altcoins. I think a couple we're going to look at today. I do want to like let you guys in chat influence those, but I do know some that we're going to be looking at because there's interesting details is on Phantom, Solana, and Cardano. So if that is something that you guys love, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. It's going to be a great show even if crypto is not sitting great. But let's go ahead and go to my screen, Sme, and let's do a market watch and see what 
is happening. Uh, for those of you who uh, have been following CoinMarketCap, we're on CoinGecko today because CoinMarketCap has done this really weird thing where if you click on the, the top 24 movers of, or the top movers and biggest losers of 24 hours, it shows you these really obscure coins. And I don't think anything's fixed there. So until further notice, we use CoinGecko to start there. Uh, you know, Bitcoin down 4.8% in the last 24 hours. Some of that is because we had a massive dip 24 hours ago, and so it's you know, only a little bit down from there. Ethereum down 9.7. Cardano, who down 10, almost 11%. Uh, Solana down 13%. Polkadot down 11%. Avalanche down 10. This is, you know, very red days. You come over here and look at the last 24 hours. With the exception of this weird safe moon old, which we talked about it last week, don't really know what's happening there. So let's just not even pay attention to that. We did some research on that. That's not the safe moon. So for anyone who was holding safe moon, I do not think that that pumped your wallet whatsoever. I think this is something completely different, a uh, fork or anything else. But uh, you're going to see... Uh, stable coins pretty much be the top here. We got uh, Binance USD, USDT, True USD, USD. It, it takes a little bit. Let's come down here. Let's see where the first one, even that, uh, what is this one? The, the CDAO or DII. It, it, you have to scroll before you find an actual project that is that you can invest in and make money before you actually find uh, anything. And even when we get down there, it's actually in the red. So the top mover of the day is still bad. Yesterday, this last 24 hours, was a completely uh, brutal day to all of crypto. We do have biggest losers. That's easy to find. Celsius Network is down 20% within the last 24 hours. Ones that are of note are Harmony One. A lot of you guys that I've seen in chat are investing in Harmony One. You're down 17, almost 18% there. Quant is down. Uh, Engine, Solana. We already talked about Solana. Matic is down 15%. So, guys, as a whole, not a great day yesterday. But you know what the good news is? Is more often than not, when we see massive red days, they're followed by green days. And so if there's nothing else that gives you hope, it is, hey, let's say we keep going down a little bit. At least you waited until after a 20% drop on Celsius and 15% drops on these other projects before you got in. But let's go ahead and jump to Bitcoin and let's start there. I want to start by going to Kelly first before we do any TA. And I know we're on my screen, but before I do any technical analysis whatsoever, Kelly, I want you to fill people in on, is anything changing on the on-chain metrics? Because I know we've been talking about this now for a couple of weeks, that everything as far as on-chain metrics is screaming that the bulls are ready to rally. Have you found that anything has changed yet on those, on those metrics? Uh, absolutely not. And actually, uh, it's it's great you brought that up because I actually wanted to address that. You know, I get I've been getting messages on my Twitter uh, because I've been you know I post a lot of on chain metrics, and you know I'm not I'm not the person that writes what these metrics are. Uh, you know, but I'm when you're interpreting these metrics, especially looking at historical precedents. <laughs> excuse me, there. Um, you can when you're looking at the correlation of where certain metrics are at what happens in terms of the, the price action that follows those metrics. Uh, that That's all we're really reading when we're looking at metrics. So when I'm looking at metrics, uh, especially basically since December 21st uh, yeah, and this entire drop, especially the further we've gone down, uh, the metrics have only become more and more bullish in terms of illiquid supply, uh, mm -hmm. the MVRV, the, the, the supply shock that's going on, the, the long-term holders uh, selling or buying, uh, whale, 
whale movement. All these things are suggesting uh, it's actually making a lot of analysts scratch their head a bit because, and I actually think this is a good thing because we're getting to the point uh, in the market cycle uh, in terms of, uh, I think Jeb shared it on his Twitter last week. If you go to at crypto Jeb, there's a, basically the psychology of the, of the entire market market cycle trend. uh, And, I think the fact that we're going further than a lot of analysts thought we would, mm-hmm. not all, there are, there are some people out there that have been painting uh, bearish, uh, bearish targets for a while. However, these metrics have, it's not, it's not that, it's not that price action follows the metrics in a direct correlation, but it's more so that it's just like when you have water building up. And I've said this, I've said this on stream several times, when you have water building up behind a dam, uh, there's only so much that that dam can take before before the the, wa- the water either spills over or uh, starts to break down the dam and the dam breaks entirely. So in this case, I think the price action is uh, being a little slow to follow the metrics, uh, mm. but that's okay because it, at the end of the day, uh, one, we're still in a bullish structure, although we are incredibly bearish in terms of this midterm uh, cycle. Uh, but we are we are starting to get to the point where we're testing those 29, 30K levels very likely very soon. Uh, and all these things are lining up directly with on-chain metrics screaming by. So at the end of the day, I'm the one of the questions I've had in my mind is how much of how much of the metrics versus price action is manipulation in terms of, yeah. uh, you know, these big money players being aware that we're being able to see all these metrics and they know it's a buy, uh, buy zone. So they push it further than people believe. And that's really, that's really quintessentially uh, typical for a market for markets to make people uh, feel like, basically getting to that point of anger and despair before it corrects. So yeah. the fact that I'm starting to get frustrated uh, is a great indication to me that that's a, uh, th- yeah. that we're, I don't want to say nearing a bottom uh, because that, that, that has been proven to be uh, uh, elusive at best. Uh, but that, you know, at some point there's, there's going to be a, a point where the demand overtakes the supply. Yeah. Uh, and when that happens, we don't know, but we're going to get into that as we go into these TA charts right now. And I'll pull up some of the metrics uh, a little bit after we go over the TA. Yeah, for anyone who is newer to crypto, uh, I want to encourage you that you are not alone in feeling very scared right now. And and even the people who are standing by their guns, even the people who say, no, we're still in a bull market, we're going, just so you know, they are scared too. The difference is, and, and, and you know, this is a quote you'll hear several times, great movies have said this quote, but the truth is it just applies to life. The way that you are brave is when in the middle of something you're afraid of, you remain brave. Being brave does not mean you do not get scared. It just means you do not respond based off of your fear. You respond based off of your wisdom that you've learned from the past. But to be brave, you must be afraid. So just so you guys know, there are probably very few souls out there left who are not scared of what they see is happening in crypto, except for the bears, where there are bears who hate crypto, who are just dancing and having a nice little party right now. And you know what? Shout out to them. If you have been calling this drop, kudos to you. You've done a great job. Uh, I would love to learn from you. And that's that's what I really want you guys taking away from this show. I want you guys to know this. You're probably not going to see this on too many YouTube channels. But I, I want to start before we even jump into technical analysis and tell you guys, listen, I, I've been wrong. I, I was wrong. I was very adamant that we, I didn't think we were going to drop below 40,000, the 40,005, at least with strong candle closes. I was wrong. I had my reasons for doing it. And the truth is, in hindsight, I probably still would have gone and said that there were reasons we were going to drop, but I was wrong. 
what do you do when you're wrong? You can A, cry and just sit still and just say, I'm done. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I was wrong. I'm the worst. Or two, you can go back and look at why you were wrong and learn from it. In sports, after a loss, if all you do is mope and, and complain, rather than go back and watch the tape, you're never going to get any better. And the whole purpose of this channel and this community is to grow a community of investors for financial sovereignty to continue to grow. We don't get it right 100% of the time. The truth is, I would love to meet someone who has gotten every single call perfectly right. I would love to follow them. I would love to learn from them. I don't think they exist. So what do we do we can't have perfection, we learn to try to get as best as possible. And we're not going to be right 100% of the time, but if we can change from 50% right to 60% right to 70% right to 80% right, we're, it's about constantly getting better about reading things, not about being perfect. That being said, I want to jump and, in. And okay. I'd, like to, I'd like to say something about that as well. This, this actually illustrates a beautiful point also when, uh, when you're thinking about investing or trading or whatever, whatever you're doing with your money as you're managing uh, it through, through these trade cycles, whether you're doing long-term investing or even uh, picking your entries for, for shorter-term trades, it's very important. And, and Jeb has mentioned this quite a few times in the past. It's important to have a cash, uh, a portion of your portfolio is cash or, or stable coins or whatever it is uh, that's not directly locked in the market so that you can yeah. have money on the side to buy in. And what, the reason I bring that up is just like uh, we were wrong about, you know, I, I was thinking 38 was going to be probably the point that we probably find a spring. We've gone lower than that. But mm -hmm. one of the things that I did, even in relationship to that, as, 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 as confident as I was in that, I still allowed myself cash reserve in my portfolio so that I could ladder in my basically DCA and ladder in my trades over uh, a wide variety of prices. And when it hit 38 and it broke it, uh, I had another, I had other buy orders set at uh, 36 and I still have more at 34 and 32. So you allow yourself to split your entries. And sometimes, you know what, you would have wished that you put it all in at 38 because it would have gone up. But at the end of the day, when you do the law of averages and statistically speaking, mm -hmm. uh, you're never going to get the bottom, you know, probably 80% of the time. I mean, do it within that exact region. So it's important to split up your buy orders and ladder things in over a course of, you know, several days or several weeks so that you can get the best entries on this and make sure that you're not just sitting on the sideline like so many of us you know once it passes 32 I, I will basically have exhausted my my uh you know money that's on the sideline yeah but uh it, it is important to have those things set set aside and so you can split up your entries and break them up over over a period of days or weeks yeah well let's go ahead and jump on the chart and do some technical analysis the first thing i want to start off with is you guys can see i've drawn here kind of two zones that it looks at this point like we are actually in a trading channel for a long time again one of the things that i was wrong about and the way that i think a lot of analysts are wrong about but what we were reading this almost like we were still in a uh a pretty much a ascending triangle that we were going to bounce right here and again there was some fight left in us but then we we're going to rally and break through this flat level of resistance the truth is after watching this drop when you zoom out it, it looks right now that we are actually in a trading channel. So it, it backs up that concept. A lot of people do believe we will have a candle come down here and touch in this region. Somewhere between 29,000 and about 31, 32,000 is a zone of flat support right now that we used back here last year, a year from today almost, uh, back in January. We then used it again, touched it all throughout that May through July uh, accumulation phase. And now we're heading back down towards it. That's the first thing that as we move forward doing our technical analysis to try to find out where the bottom is. Keep your eye on this zone, somewhere in this zone that it looks like most likely we are going to be coming down to that.
that region. But I wanted to start out here on the three daily chart. If you guys are looking up here in this box, I don't know if they can even see that. You're seeing that I'm on the three daily chart. And the reason I wanted to start there was so that we did get a massive view. And the truth is, you know what? I'm actually gonna back up even a little farther and let's go out to the weekly chart to take a look at what we see happening over here in Bitcoin. So I wanna point out some really interesting details to you guys. And that is, first of all, we are still squarely sitting in bullish RSI divergence. Now, if we drop below this zone, if we drop below 29,000, which is a possibility, I do want you to know that bullish RSI divergence goes out the window. In that case, just so, just, just being in my opinion, and I think there's a lot of people who share this opinion, I still believe, despite all of this movement, that we are in a bull market. You can disagree with that, and the truth is, if you disagree with that, you probably have very good reasons. My vote will flip. If we drop below 29,000 and close, especially weekly candles below that 29,000, that is when I will say, all right, we are in a bear market because that will cancel out that long-term bullish hope that we have looking for. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think there's a lot of news and on-chain metrics and a lot of different things happening to cancel that out as well as technical analysis. But that's what we're looking for to cancel out this current bullish RSI divergence forming. In case you guys are wondering what I'm talking about, we have a downtick in RSI, but still an uptick in price. That's bullish RSI divergence. Now it used to be a lot stronger. And of course now it's a lot weaker, but it still exists and it is still there. The truth is, even if we have a flat bottom of price action, as long as the RSI still goes down, that is what is called a medium, or sorry, that is what we call weak bullish RSI divergence. It still points to a change in direction of the market back to the upside. Now, another thing that I want you guys to see, and I wanna show you in history where this was prevalent, uh, was a combination of a couple of things we're seeing right now on the weekly chart. And that is the TD sequential, the Bollinger Bands, and I'm gonna go ahead and pull up Luxalgo. We usually wait a little bit before we pull up Luxalgo, but for right now I wanna do this, and I'm gonna go actually down back to the three daily chart to show you what I'm talking about here. So you're gonna notice right now, first of all, we just had a green nine flash on TD sequential. TD sequential is a metric that shows us when we should have reversals by giving us nines on the chart. So when we receive a green nine, even though the color of it is red, we call it green because that means we should be moving back into green zones. We should be going back up. We had a green nine flash. That means that is saying it's time for reversal. We're at the bottom slash overextended in the Bollinger Bands. We're below them. That is another metric saying, hey, we're overextended. It's time to go back up. We also are touching the locks, the Lux Algo with the top of the reversal zones. Another metric saying, hey, it's time to reverse and go back up. Individually, these metrics are all strong. Together, they scream loudly, it's time to reverse. And it doesn't mean that we have to reverse right this second, right at 33,600. It could mean we go a little bit further down, but it means that it's time to flip very soon. And I wanna show you a couple times in history where we saw on the three daily chart the combination of all three of these and what happened in the price. So if you go back here on the 13th of March in 2020, here's an example where we have our green nine flash, boom. We're overextended below the Bollinger Bands, boom. We are touching into the reversal zone of Luxalgo, boom. What happened? This was the beginning, even though it took a little bit of time to mount the explosive rally, this was the beginning of our rally that we had at the end of 2020, early 2021. So this is a spot of the bottom leading to a massive rally. But let's go back and see, is there any other times in history that this happens as well? And actually I ran out of space on this one, so I actually have to flip over to my Bitstamp to show you guys over here. So give me just a second to get Luxalgo back up and running. Uh, let's see here. 
Is this going to show me what I want? I don't know if I did the recording here. Let's go to BLX just to make sure, because I, I put the notes over here a little bit ago, but I can't remember where they all went. It was somewhere. Oh, we don't have, that's not going to be on that chart. I'm sorry, guys. This is something that I wanted to show you guys, but I got to make sure I get the right charts. There we go. Uh, there we go. Here, right here on the 6th of December of 2018. Sorry for the delay. Make sure I use a lot of charts and we're going to talk about why I use a lot of charts here in a second. But uh, here's an example where we were massively deep into not just the Lux Algo reversal bands, but we were overextended on the Bollinger bands and we had that green nine flash. Again, it's hard to see with everything going on. So I'm trying to zoom in so you guys can see it better. But again, while we did move sideways for a little bit, this ended up growing into another little rally. So these are the two times in history, aside from today, that we have seen all three of these line up on the same metric. Again, this is the three daily chart. So, you know, we have to take this with a grain of salt that it doesn't necessarily mean it flips this second, but it is something to keep an eye on. Okay, chart, come on now. Wow, 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 wow. Goodness gracious. This is the mess of TA, guys. Stay with me. This is the metric that I'm looking at that is flagging to me, hey, could we move a little bit to the downside? Absolutely. Seeing this little flat level of support that we've had now touching twice, that's another reason why I believe this could be a strong bottom. But we have to remember that this metric, these technical analysis tools are extremely useful. And again, when we see one of them at a time, that screams power. When we see them combined together, that screams even more power. Let's move down to the daily chart. And you're gonna notice, guys, when we look at the TD sequential and the Bollinger Bands, it seems like almost every single chart is actually showing us that we are overextended. I'm actually gonna go through them. We have the weekly chart. We have a green nine flash coming up here in just a second when it loads. We have the bottom of the Bollinger Bands. Green uh, green nine, we've actually now, we're two candles removed from it, but we have a green nine on weekly and bottom of the Bollinger Bands. We move to the daily chart, we're at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands, we have a green nine. We move down uh, to the 12 hourly chart, and this is where we have another green nine, bottom of the Bollinger Bands. As a whole, the entire market right now is kind of saying, guys, it's time to find a bottom. Why do we stay bullish on this channel? Why do we continue to say, all right, listen, this, there's still hope left. It's because as much as some people like to scream, Tim, look at the bearish metrics, and we're going to look at the bearish metrics here in just a second, you cannot ignore these bullish ones that are flowing as well. And as you know, it's one thing to look at one technical analysis tool and say, all right, that's calling for reversal, but guess what? Technical analysis doesn't always work. It's another thing when almost every single metric is screaming at you, it's time to go. However, let's go down and look at the four-hourly chart real quick, which is the last thing I really want to talk to to give hope to the bulls. Uh, that there is a rally potentially coming very soon, and that is by looking at our RSI divergence. Now, if you guys follow me on Twitter, I was calling this out the other day that during this rally, what we need to see happen is the RSI go low, and sure enough, it did. We have a very low RSI right here that went as far down as 17, 18 in that region, extremely low on the RSI. Uh, and then we needed the price to rally. Well, now, we didn't rally necessarily crazy high, but we went back up, set a higher RSI number, and then I said, watch the price drop lower than this bottom right here at about 34.4, and watch the RSI stay higher. Sure enough, what has happened right here? And I'll, I'll bring it up bigger for you guys just in case you're struggling to see it. Oop. This right here is exactly what I called. A bottom, we rallied back up, RSI got high, and then we fell back down below. 
and we have a higher RSI. And if you notice, we're sitting right there at the top, kind of rounding off right at the 14 SMA. What does this mean? It does not mean that this dip is over. It does not mean we will not come down into this purple zone and potentially get all the way down to 29,000. But what I do think it means, and I think that you should keep an eye, eye out for, especially you traders, is that this is gonna be a fresh little rally. I think you can call it a bull trap, I think you can call it a dead cat bounce, you can call it whatever you want, but I do expect expect that our price is gonna shoot back up, potentially going as high as 38 to 39,000. Now. I think what's gonna happen is we're gonna set ourselves up for now more bearish RSI divergence, looking at this peak right here, and if I were to bring back up the RSI, and I don't need it to be that big, so let me bring it back down uh, so I'm not so distracting right there. I do think there's gonna be a massive mountain to climb to get our RSI all the way back up, uh, sorry, get our price all the way back up to 44,000, give or take, and then at the same time, be uh, be lower than this RSI metric. I think to get up there, our RSI is gonna shoot up, potentially come back above the 70, but the price is not gonna get that high. It's gonna set up bearish RSI divergence and we're on our way back down. This is the zone I'm really looking for, guys. There's a chance that this could become the bottom, but I really think it, it you'd be wise to expect coming down to this purple zone, again, between 32 and 29,000 to be the bottom of Bitcoin. Again, if it does not become the bottom, if we end up breaking through it, I am gonna go ahead and flip my flag to bearish. I do think we're in a bear market. I still don't think that we would have that much lower to go after that. However, I would say that that is something that you should keep an eye out for. Now, that's all the bullish things that I want to talk about. They're screaming. There's lots of different things happening there. I think the other on-chain metric that we did not talk about, and Smith, you can go off my screen now, uh, is the fact that the the miners are not selling right now. And I think that that was something, uh, Kelly, did you put that on your Twitter or is that just something I found scrolling through Twitter the other day on my own? But the fact the miners are not selling right now is actually a massive bullish metric for Bitcoin. Well, I didn't, I didn't put that as a metric on there. I, I did write a, an acknowledgement uh, on my, on my tweet, uh, one of my tweets yesterday. And it was from a, a an interview I watched with Michael Saylor uh, the other day that was actually really interesting because he was discussing one of the most bullish things in the space right now is the fact that uh, Bitcoin miners, a lot of the major ones are essentially going public. And uh, what that, what happens with that, with them going public actually creates a very bullish positive feedback loop in terms of uh, sell pressure on the market because in the past a lot of major a lot of major dumps were also uh included within that dump was um, a minor sell pressure but the fact that these uh major miners marathon riot all these uh you know, just major mining companies are, are traded publicly now uh they've raised capital they have a ton of capital basically in their war chest that they can spend from uh and because they're publicly traded that also means that the 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 incentive for profitability is higher in terms of instead of instead of mining and creating Bitcoin, uh, you know, within their reserves and then selling the Bitcoin for profit, they they're basically the having having people that have bought into uh, the stock for their company actually incentivizes them to hold the Bitcoin uh, and whether it be acquire other smaller mining operations or whatever it is, it actually creates uh, it, it reduces the amount of sell pressure that miners will be putting into the market. And this mm-hmm. isn't going to immediately play out for instance, like right now or in the next three months, this is going to play out over the next five years as we see miners, uh, 
you know, growing exponentially in terms of uh, their their market size and their market cap, uh, as they're also taking on uh, smaller, you know, basically buying buying out uh, smaller mining operations uh, because they won't be able to compete in terms of uh, their profit margins because these larger publicly traded mining companies have huge amounts of uh, cash reserves from basically you know, the capital they raise from their, their public offerings is in mm. those sorts of things. So it really is going to play out over the next five years. And some of these metrics, as much as we, as much as me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really big on watching these, uh, these on-chain metrics and they're, they are incredibly bullish, but some of these things, the difference between on-chain metrics and oscillators on your chart, when you're looking at RSI or even Lux Algo or MACD, those are all very, they're essentially lagging indicators that are uh, reporting what's happened based on things that have happened. So they're historic Oracle, uh, even in, in the smallest amount, whereas on-chain metrics, uh, while they might scream bear, uh, bullish or bearish, it may take a little while for those uh, actions to play out in terms of uh, price direction or price, mo- price movement, mm-hmm. uh, because it is a leading indicator. It's, a, it's allowing us to see under the blockchain, within the blockchain, to see what sorts of moves are being made to prepare for something. So uh, I, I think we I think we still have an incredibly interesting and exciting 2022 ahead of us. Uh, we're just getting, we're getting a huge shakeout, especially with all this economic stuff that's going on. And we'll go over some of it here in the news and some of the on-chain metrics I'll bring up here in a few minutes. Okay. Well, before we jump back into the TA, and I, I want to, I told you guys, I want to talk about some bearish things that I'm, I'm looking at happening. Uh, but I want to start with going to the chat and super chats. Taylor is here reading those for us today. Taylor, do we have any super chats so far? Uh, yeah, we have a new member, Grand Roofing Incorporated. Welcome to Jedi Knight. He says, showing you all some love as a knight. Thanks, guys. Uh, thank you, Grand Roofing. Yeah, thanks um, so much, man. Tom Wilkes, he says, I appreciate the opinions expressed here. My portfolios are worth more now than when Bitcoin was at all time high, but no one forced me to buy. Um, thank you so much, Tom Wilkes. We appreciate it. Yeah. That. Tom um, Wilkes has been, uh, you know, uh, thank you so much, Tom. You guys, you have been, ever since you met Jeb, uh, I knew you before that. I've recognized your name. So thank you so much for being here every single day supporting the channel. Uh, guys, we're building something really big here at Crypto Jeb. If you want to be a part of it, uh, start with hitting the like button, hit the subscribe button and look at the ways there's different, uh, groups we have here. You can become a member on the YouTube channel. Um, and I know, I know people are, this is the time right now where people are kind of saying, uh, Tim crypto sucks right now. It seems like everything's going down, but if you are, are passionate about learning and growing your knowledge, those who have been in this field for a long time know that it's when things seem the scariest that the best things are about to come. But any other Super Chats we have? Uh, Jimmy Void, sit down, talking truth. That's a long one. Uh, he said, hey, Kelly, I'm in the Bronx. Bronx Bitcoin bulls. I'll buy you a coffee one day and thank you for knowledge. Been watching Jeb since 2021. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey. Oh, right on. Uh, and then John Atkinson losing 50 WMA has always been meant eventually hitting 200 WMA per history of BLX. Currently 19,284. Still loving the show though, guys. Wait, so read that one more time. I think you're talking about the weekly chart. Uh, it says losing 50 weekly MA has always meant eventually hitting 200 weekly MA per history of BLX. Currently 19,284. Uh, Look at you said EMA or SMA. It was WMA. Well, it's weekly. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use the exponential. I'll look to see if it's gonna pop up and show me anything. Come on now, chart. 
I don't know why it's taking so long today for everything to seem to load, but give up all my charts right here. It is not wanting to load. All right, hey, we're going to come back to that. Uh, any other super chats we have, you can go off my screen. Um, not a super chat, but pretty cool. Crypto Sasquatch said, I was glued to my computer all weekend working on CT2A. Hey, come on. Hope you learned some stuff. Anything else? Um, oh, the famous Gregory Grezik. He asks, Kelly and Tim, if you had 4,000, where would you put it? I think Kelly answered this in chat. But. Did Kelly answer in chat? Ch uh, what did Kelly say? I'm interested. <laughs> I said, uh, I said, AVAX, Phantom, Cardano, Dot, uh, or ADAX, all are great buys. Uh, yeah. Especially, I mean, we'll go over Phantom here in a little bit. Uh, interesting met uh, story and metrics on that. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, uh, there's there's a lot of good buys out there right now. So I, I just said basically pick pick any two of those ones I mentioned or any other ones that you're you know interested in as well, and uh, basically divide it divide it uh, amongst at least at least two projects if not three um but uh, this is not financial advice this is just for your entertainment purposes gotcha no i, I think i think if i was going to go specific ones and i we talked about this a little bit in our planning meeting uh so solana for the longest time uh we were we constantly said you know it's overextended right now this isn't a good place to buy it i do think despite a lot of issues with centralization of solana i think it's a great product i think that what they're going to be doing in projects what, what they're trying to accomplish is going to be phenomenal i think solana is in a great spot i I still think Cardano, and I think people are going to yell and, and fuss and say, Tim, you said that 110 was a good spot. You said this. Was I still think Cardano, with what it's doing right now and, and with what Charles and his team is working on, I think years from now, Charles, uh, Cardano is just going to explode. I, I really love what's happening over there. I think Link is also really good. Gala is a good, great guy. Great spot for Galabar right now. It's one of the ones that's down the most. Um, yeah, that'd be my well, answer. Let, let me let me go to go to my screen real quick. This is interesting. I saw this the other day when I was looking at the the metrics for uh, for just different things on DeFi Llama. But you can see Cardano has has come down quite a bit. But despite the price action, some of the things you have to look at when you're looking at different projects you want to invest in uh, isn't just the price. In this case, you can see on DeFi Llama, uh, this has this has uh, it's basically up. This is like two days ago. It's up 4,164% in total value locked on the Cardano chain. And this has a lot to do with, uh, the launch of, uh, you know, they have Muesli swap and then a Sunday swap, although Sunday swap's been having all kinds of issues with, uh, some speculated sort of, uh, questions about, uh, uh, honesty in terms of their relationship with card starter. And there's a fiasco there, but despite all that, in terms of just the Cardano blockchain, there's an incredible amount of growth underlying on the chain in terms of how much, you know, money's being locked on, you know, total value locked from the, the different DeFi applications that mm. are being launched, the dApps that are being launched on top of uh, Cardano. And when you're looking at uh, coins and projects that you want to invest in, one of the things you want to look at isn't just the price. You want to look at how much development is happening on chain, how much new activity is happening, how much uh, transactability is happening, basically the traffic within the chain. And it's exploding on Cardano right now because they're finally starting to launch all the things that they've been working on and planning for for so many years. And there's yeah. have all these projects that are starting to, to unroll, uh, you know, unroll their their launches and stuff uh, here in this next, uh, you know, this quarter into next quarter, basically throughout this whole year. So you'll, we'll be watching the, the TVL on Cardano throughout this whole year because it's exploding. 
Yeah. Well, before I go back and we're going to cover some bearish metrics on Bitcoin, just things to keep an eye on and why bears can scream so loud right now during this uh, time. Smith, I want to hear your take on what you think is happening right now, because I haven't gotten to throw it over to you yet today. What, um, do, you, what do you think is <clears throat> happening in the, in the market right now? What's happening in the market right now? Yeah. Uh, chaos. Everyone is, is fudding. It's horrible. It's crazy. Uh, no, guys, honestly, like I actually, to be honest with you, I've kind of come to this this kind of zen spot where I'm just kind of like, you know what? Call it a bull market. Call it a bear market. Call it a turtle market. It really doesn't matter, right? Because here's the thing. Here's what I know, right? Uh, the more like uh, this week I've been I've just been I've read it, been reading a lot and a lot of that stuff has been making me think and chew more on uh, Bitcoin's value proposition and ultimately guys it is just it is such an exciting technology one of the things that we were talking about with I was talking about with uh, Kelly earlier was talking about if you guys watched why Bitcoin episode four shout out it's a great episode um, but no uh, in that uh, episode one of the things we mentioned is how uh, right now there's an issue with a lot of uh, there are green energy sources that are being underutilized because they're so remote and you can't really transfer that energy to, to different cities you lose a lot of that energy and whatever for whatever reason but saying there's an incentive for miners to basically build their operations in those places to uh, basically use cleaner energy to uh, convert that into currency and the currency can be easily shipped around the world right mm -hmm. um, that is something that I, when i think about it it's like when you think about the value of what what bitcoin is it's literally it's almost like a a, a energy it, it represents energy Right. Uh, that is what the value of Bitcoin is. And energy is a valuable thing because we're in a world of technology. Energy is such a valuable, valuable commodity, you know. So anyways, I know that was kind of random, but guys, that makes me feel fully confident in every dollar that I convert into Bitcoin. Yeah, that I am making an investment for my future. And the and I know that Bitcoin is going to eventually be, uh, you know, the currency, because it's the currency for the people, guys. It is literally not, it is not controlled by anyone but the people. And, and that's what I love so much about it. So ultimately, whether this is a bull market, whether this is a bear market, whether this is a turtle market, yeah. whether this is a, a, you know, a duty market, whatever. I am so excited about the future of Bitcoin that I am buying. And I'm just looking at this as an opportunity to, to get uh, more Bitcoin for my dollar, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that this is just a great opportunity to be able to get more bang for your buck. So, yeah, uh, well, I'm excited. Let's go ahead and go back to the chart. And I, we started this show. If you guys are just joining, first of all, the reason I'm sitting here is because Jeb is feeling sick today. So uh, hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. Pray that he gets better and is feeling better by tomorrow. Uh, he said his voice is just he is only like he can't even talk. Um, so our thoughts and prayers with Jeb. But I want to make the case for bears and, and explain that the charts do show some things that could be bearish. It doesn't mean for certain it'll happen in the same way that just because we find metrics that are bullish doesn't mean absolutely. Absolutely that they will happen. For example, I'm not going to zoom in, but if you guys go into these regions, we had cup and handle patterns that were predicting higher prices. It didn't happen. We had this falling wedge right here that, that set up, which means usually break bullish. It didn't happen. We broke to the downside. So 
everything we talk about here, make sure you keep with a grain of salt and inform yourself and make decisions for yourself based off of technical analysis, uh, the news, and on-chain metrics. What do you think the price is actually going to do? But let's start off right here with a nice-looking head and shoulders pattern. I'm not going to lie. A lot of times we have ugly-looking head and shoulders patterns. This is actually one of the nicer ones. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, we have our left shoulder sitting right here. We have our head sitting right here. And we have another little left shoulder, a right shoulder sitting over here. Is it the prettiest thing in the whole wide world? No, but in as far as head and shoulders go, this match, this head and shoulders pattern actually looks pretty decent. What we're going to do is we're going to draw this trend line right across the shoulder line. We're going to take the peak of the of the whole action, the top of the head, come down to that little uh, shoulder line, and then predict potentially. Oop, grab the whole screen rather than the the bar. Predict where we think the price is actually going to go based off where we break it. If this head and shoulders pattern plays out, we would go all the way down to about twenty five. 5,464. I'm sure based off the way you draw it, you could find it anywhere between 24 and 26. So as far as bears who are yelling, hey, this is, we're going down to 26,000, more than likely this is one of the places they're finding that. The other place I think that you could go to find a metric to say 26,000 would be using Fibonacci retracement all the way down here. And I'm going to explain why I'm using September instead of coming down over here to March. But if you start the Fibonacci retracement right here around the 3rd of September of 2020, come up to our new all-time high, you're going to see that prediction falls right there at the top of this golden pocket on Fibonacci retracement. For those of you who are watching, by the way, I'm also using the logarithmic chart. This is something that even in our office, we disagree on from time to time. I have this Fib level, Fib level based on log scale. Jeb sometimes likes to use non-log scale, so I want to show you guys that. If that's a little bit different, what I have found using back analysis is you want to actually end up using both these. So in case you were wondering what I just did, if you set up your Fibonacci retracement, come over here to the settings on the style, scroll all the way down, and the last option is Fib levels based on log scale. Check out what's happening both on log scale and linear scale. In this case, the log scale is kind of showing us, based off this prediction of this head and shoulders pattern, potentially the bottom will be here right in that region again, between 24 to 26. So. Bears, that's I, I, that's a metric that is kind of sitting in the favor of the Bears. I don't think that's going to happen, but I want to present it to you guys to make sure I'm giving you both sides of the story. The other thing that I think you guys want to, to look at is, first of all, as I already talked about in the beginning of the show, I have changed my mind from thinking that we were in a uh, ascending triangle to now that we're in a trading channel. That could change, and we could end up coming down uh, bearish as well. And one of the reasons why is if we're going to longer time frames of RSI, let me actually go to the three daily chart because it gives me a good look at what we have happening here. Come on, RSI. You're going to see that we do have bearish RSI divergence, but I don't think it's the bearish RSI divergence that everyone else is looking at. So, for example, a lot of people look at this peak right here back in January to our peak right here back in November, and they say, all right, look, we have a descending level of RSI, but we hit a new all-time high at this peak, so we went up in price. Tim, that's bearish RSI divergence. I do think there's bearish RSI divergence that played out, but I don't think that's the level. And the reason why is because if you look at this peak right here, this peak cor correlates not with the all-time high that we had in April. It actually had to do with an all-time high we had in January. And of course, we outdid that all-time high here a couple weeks later, but it was at the time the all-time high. We had a massive, massive, massive RSI uh, all the way up above 90, sitting at 94. This, I remember being here. At this one, I wasn't even really that good technical analysis. I remember Jeb saying, guys, we're a little too high on the RSI. It's time to come back down. And sure enough, we did. Now, we continue to set an RS, a new all-time high in price, but 
in this region, we didn't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go out and let me say, I didn't think we were going to come all the way down to 30,000, 29,000, but we did expect us to have a pullback based off this bearish RSI. But do we continue to use this peak to come over here? Absolutely not. I think at the least, at the, or sorry, at the most, what we would do is let's take the peak that we had on the price action right here, in which case we actually don't have bearish RSI divergence. This peak of the all-time high is is a little bit lower than our peak over here. The bearish RSI divergence I saw form, and where I do think this fall is coming from, I'm just surprised we reacted so drastically to it, is when you look at these prices right here. Look at this peak right here, and look at this peak. We have a flat top. However, the price continued to go up. This is weak bearish RSI divergence, which is a reversal on price action. That's where this started. I'm not gonna go into detail and show you every little step, but everywhere along this line, the reason we always thought there was hope to rally was because that was not very strong bearish RSI divergence. We thought we would set up good bullish RSI divergence, but instead we kept setting up continuation patterns of RSI bearish divergence to continue the downside. So that's why I said in the beginning, guys, was I wrong? Absolutely. But would I make that mistake again? Probably because technical analysis is not about being perfect. It's about reading probabilities. And in this case, there was a lot of manipulation that continued to push us down. And yes, technical analysis did end up setting itself up to go to the downside, but there was so much bullish action happening here as well. The whole purpose here is to realize, all right, I lost this one. I read the bullish technical analysis. It was bullish. It just didn't play out that way. And so this is one of those things, I, you know, bears, hats off to you. You won the battle. We had both bearish and bullish. And in this case, the bears won. Here's the thing, though. What I will say is I'm closing out this bearish uh, technical analysis because that's what we have. You guys have won for a while now. Bears have been winning, but what they're doing is setting up massive bullish metrics. People still love Bitcoin. There's a lot of people that don't love it, but I, I've talked with many people, many financial advisors who say the number one thing people are coming to ask them about still during this fall is how can I get invested in Bitcoin? I think there's a pattern of right now, bulls are very, 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 very disappointed. They're really scared. Their stomachs feel sick. They're thinking that everything's over. The bears are rejoicing. They're having their party, but it's going to flip. And again, my opinion is somewhere here in this purple region, maybe it goes a little lo lower. Maybe the bears continue to take us down to 25, but there will come a day where you're, you are kind of laughing at yourself saying, man, I remember when 33,400 to me seemed so scary and I wanted to sell that would, if I had just stayed to my guns and bought even more right then, I would be a very, very wealthy human. But we're not going to know the answer to that question for a couple of years. That's all I have on Bitcoin technical analysis. Kelly, I do want to throw it to you. Do you have any other closing remarks about Bitcoin before we move into Ethereum? Uh, I don't. Did you want to go over the uh, some of the on-chain metrics now, or do you want to? Yeah, do let's. let's I, I know we touched on a few of them, but let's cover anything that we haven't talked about just yet. Let's go to Kelly's screen and look at some more on-chain metrics. That again, despite this downward movement, are a lot of them are saying, "Hey, there's there might be room to go a little farther down, but there's still room to go on the way back up." Oh, ab absolutely. And one of the things I wanted to show here is uh, uh, first we'll start off with the the mayor multiple. Uh, here where you can see uh, basically I, this line that comes across, this is basically uh, when the mayor multiple metric comes down to this level. I just want you to take a look at where price was every time we breached this level here. This is essentially when, and especially if you even look here, uh, it came and broke down below it and we still went sideways for a while. So even if it is a bottom, we could still go sideways for a bit before we uh, you know, make, make moves back up here in March, 2020. This is also uh, more of a V-shaped recovery 
recovery. Uh, but then even when we go back here, this is the, basically the beginning of this long uptrend in the 2017, 2020, uh, sorry, 2017, 2018 uh, bull cycle. Uh, coming here on the RVT, very similar metric here where we're getting down to these levels that are uh, quite low. It, all these correlate to market lows uh, on the price. Again, uh, these on-chain metrics are, are showing that there is bullish momentum behind the price, underlying the price yeah. that is not obviously immediately playing out in this moment, but is showing that uh, there's giving a lot of market structure, market support that we we really can't fall, uh, you know, supremely lower from where we're at now. Uh, so. I do still think, uh, you know, looking at this chart here, I actually mapped out a bunch of different price points uh, based on based on past uh, levels. And, you know, I very much think that we're going to come down here at least to the 30, 32, 33K region. And it's just as, just as likely that we actually double bottom here and, and go and touch that 29K level uh, mm -hmm. on the price action. Now, going into, this is a great one from uh, uh, Plan C. Uh, he basically created this uh, dual band, uh, uh, basically market market floor uh, indicator. And it's basically showing here uh, that once we touch this lower band, it almost always happens between uh, cycle peaks, uh, like the peak in the, in, in the bear market. And we, we've touched it here uh, when we basically hit 29, we very much could come back and hit that. This is just following the same sort of on-chain metrics showing that we are setting up for similar, similar sort of setup as we have in prior markets. But I think the major difference people need to remember when we're looking at this market in relationship to older, mar uh, older cycles is that all the time periods in which we're looking at in, in past cycles are going to be extended uh, in this cycle because there's more money, there's more uh, smart money, there's more institutional money, and just more people in general uh, in this market. And therefore, it's going to take a lot more energy and more time uh, for some of these things to play out. So even if uh, even if we you know, find the bottom sometime this week. That doesn't mean we're going to find the bottom and rock it back up. We might find the bottom and slowly trade sideways up and out of it. Uh, so you need to play all, play, play all your trades and all your entries very safe and have your stop losses. And especially if you're leveraged somewhere, or if you have, uh, for instance, I had a small, uh, I had a small sort of loan margin that I did against Nexo uh, and I had for a while uh, and I closed that a few weeks ago because of where the market was at. And, you know, thank God it did because the market has uh, basically continued to go to the downside. So you need to make sure you're playing uh, as conservatively as you're able to in this sort of market right now where it's unclear. Uh, this is a another uh, metric. Uh, this is actually shown on Cointelegraph. And this is, a, I think it's a NVT signal. And as soon as we enter basically this green zone that flashes on the NVT, uh, as you can see here, this was a March, 2020. It, it basically, the price did go up, but it still came sideways for a while after that. Uh, and this, this was more due to a recovery. This was bullish. This wasn't necessarily bullish price action. This was a, a basically relief rally recovery. And then it took a while once it reset to go sideways to really continue to build that underlying floor of support and metrics before the price action actually fully started to move up here. Same thing. You know, this was a, this was when I think the, the May crash that took us down to 29,000 yeah. and we entered the, we entered the green zone basically right at the beginning of it. And we still chopped around. So we just entered 
entered this green zone. So that doesn't mean that it's a definitely like absolute buy because we're going to shoot up from here, but it's showing that we're setting up with the underlying fundamentals uh, behind Bitcoin and, you know, what's going on with the price action, with the the movement of assets and, and, and holding and all these sorts of different metrics that we are set. We are starting to set up to show that we might be able to uh, identify that we're going to be coming to a bottom at some point soon. Yeah. Illiquid supply. I'm not going to, I'm just going to go through this quickly. Illiquid supply is still going up uh, quite dramatically. Uh, I can't find the, I'm just going through this. You can read this chart on Cointelegraph, uh, but this is another metric. You know, when there's not access to supply to be bought, that will inevitably drive the price up as well. Um, this is this is for a lot of people that follow CME gaps. We still have a CME gap, I think, down around the 32k level uh, from back in July of 2021. Uh, so this very well could be filled uh, in this price action that's happening right now. Uh, and one thing to note that I actually saw this earlier today: there are some whale activities that are starting uh, starting to sell some of their holdings. And this measurement is basically taken from anybody holding 100 uh, bitcoins or more, or more. And this, as you can see, this this uh, metric. Is showing that that there is some sell pressure going on within the people that are holding 100 bitcoins or more so that's definitely something to keep your eye on mm -hmm. and the last thing i wanted to say through all this this week i did a tweet about it uh, yesterday or the day before i was like going being an investor and a trader in crypto i feel like uh, an absolute prize fighter fighter going in for uh you know a super heavyweight championship fight this week because there's so many big things happening. We have all these earning reports coming in from uh, quarter four uh, that are you know happening today, tomorrow, uh, this week. Everything from Apple, uh, Alphabet, you know, Google, uh, IBM, all these different things. And once these numbers come in, if they're if they're below their projections, it's gonna it will drive price down a little bit further because we are, unfortunately are still tied uh, a bit in correlation with the stock market. Uh, and then the last thing is, and I actually think there's actually a potential bullish setup in this is that we are having the FOMC meeting uh, tomorrow and uh, tomorrow and, and Wednesday. Uh, I'm not sure if the report's going to be coming out uh, um, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday or uh, Thursday, but right. all these things are happening this week. But and I said this, I think last week, you know, one of the bullish things about this is the fact that with the markets as a whole, traditional markets, equities, uh, housing market down, uh, cryptocurrency having, uh, at this point, we won't call it a dump. It's a crash, you know, being that's over 50%. Uh, and the fact that we're, as a whole, the entire markets across the world globally are down. Uh, if this were the case where everything was still, you know, NASDAQ hitting all-time highs, Bitcoin pushing 70,000, housing prices still expanding, all these sorts of things. If this was the case, I think it's a lot more likely that when these interest rates, uh, when the meeting from the Fed is, is determining interest rate hikes and all these sorts of things. I do think that uh, that would have led to a higher hike than in this case, where the markets are extremely down, uh, and now they're going into this meeting, you know, whether wondering if they should raise rates. In reality, in terms of the how as it relates to inflation, they absolutely should. But in the, the the fact of the matter that we're going into an election year here yeah. in, the, in the U.S. and uh, the markets are down as much as they, as they are, I think they're going to be reluctant to cause to cause cause more bloodshed. If anything, I think they'll want to, to either delay uh, with the when those hikes are going to happen or reduce them uh, below what the projections were uh, ahead, uh, you know, leading up to this. So all yeah. we can do this week is hold tight and make sure that
that uh, you're positioning yourself as safely as possible because uh, as, as much as all these on-chain metrics, for all those that you say that I'm a permabull or this channel's permabullish, you have to listen through all the things we say because this, this entire segment that I'm speaking of right now is outlining clearly that there are an enormous amount of on-chain metrics that are showing bullish action. However, there are uh, incredible amounts of uh, context of the global markets and uh, basically everything at large within all the all the traditional markets as well as crypto that actually say uh it's time to play it conservative for the time being because oh. uh it's likely that we have some downside how much that's determined on what's going to happen with these earning reports and the the meeting here at the that's true you know it is going to be really interesting to see what happens uh you know what we can see happen in the market on thursday again that's something we're still doing our research on we were doing it this morning to try to find out we know the meeting starts tomorrow and runs through wednesday the question is will they make any announcement and let the public know what happens on Wednesday or will they wait until Thursday to announce that? That is the question at this point. If you guys know the answer to that question, feel free to put that in chat. However, before we jump into Ethereum, are there any super chats, Taylor, that we need to answer? Yeah, there's a few. Um, so Leon the Dutch, he says, hi guys, a couple of weeks ago, Jeb said that he couldn't see Bitcoin go to 30K anymore. We are near 30K now, so 20K or 10K is possible or why not? Thank you. Okay, at this point, you know, anything is possible. I think it needs to be very clear that anything is possible. The question is likely. And while oh, Jeb said that, as I said before, there's no such thing as being perfect and being perfectly right. This is an example where Jeb was wrong. But I will point out, uh, knowing him and watching him very closely, and those of you who have been following him for years know this, Jeb is right way more often than he is wrong. I think this is a scenario where some things happened outside of anyone's knowledge that ended up continuing to drop the price down low. But there are there are still very strong reasons to believe that we could hold that thirty thousand dollar line. Even what Kelly was just talking about that you know a, a big thing is going to be what happens on Thursday when we wake up Thursday morning. What happens in that Fed meeting is going to be very massive. If it's good news for the finance market, I actually think that potentially we're going to see a, a, a nice little rally. Whether we get back up above forty six thousand, I don't know yet. But I think we'll see a nice little rally in the whole crypto space. If we hear bad news, uh, then yeah, potentially we could go back down. And as far as, you know, at least to what those bearish metrics I was showing you say that there's a there's a decent argument for about twenty five thousand. Will it happen? We need to wait and see. But there is an argument for it already. Um, a C from Zan. Hello, this is a C from NC. I invested 60K last year, majority in ADA and a little in Gala, Matic. Would I be able to recover in 2022 as we thought? recover in terms of making profit, I'm assuming is what you're saying. This is what I would say, Asif. Honestly, did you invest thinking you only wanted to invest for one year and then you wanted to make a profit? Or did you say, this is something I want to change the rest of my life with wealth and I'm going to let it sit there for a very long time? Depending on what your answer, what your answer to that question is, first of all, I'm just telling you what I would do, especially if I bought higher than what ADA is at right now, because I think that's what your main question is, which by the way, just jumped up to 101. It was sitting down around 96 this morning, 96 cents. If I'm not in green, I'm definitely not pulling out because I do think longevity wise, long term, ADA is going to be a massively bullish project that brings back great returns. So why would I sell in the red? Again, if you need the money, if there's an emergency, you know, you do what you need to do. That's not financial advice. I'm just saying what I would do. I would hold out for green days. And if you invested too much, maybe take out what you need to make sure you're at a good balance point. But don't don't fut out and just sell because you're not sure if Cardano is going to go up or not. Uh, if you invested thinking it's going to go up and you believe in the project, then stay in. 
John Atkinson to find 200 WMA, WMA use BLX for entire. Uh, no, I did. I ended up making it. It's because going to that chart, it just, the I was, I she was on the wrong chart. Is, uh, you know what? I can go and look at what he's looking at right now. Um, and I, what I'll do is I'll go to my BLX chart because I, what I had was the wrong thing. And I'll pull up uh, what he's talking about. And I'm going to pull up the SMA just, even though I wasn't 100% sure what he's talking about. Let me see. Is there a massive difference here? No, it's not huge. All right. So what he's talking about is if we crossed, he's at below the 50. Um, he didn't say it on this, but he was just talking about the 200 WMA. Yeah, so the 200, uh, the 200 weekly moving average is going to be down here around this region. So this would be an argument that he would use to say potentially we're going to be coming down around 20,000. By the time we get there, it probably still is climbing up. Uh, at the moment, if we were to flash crash down to it right now, it would be 19,000. I would assume, though, uh, it would rally here for a couple of weeks and we'd touch it closer to 20. Not convinced that's going to happen. I think there's actually, you know, let's be more concerned with bouncing off that 100 and using 100 because we we do use that 100 several times for support look at it over here um but let's see what happens there before we freak out and say we definitely have to touch the 200 weekly movie average and you can go off my chart now Spang. troy lamb says i respect your ta tim and jeb need to give a follow to crypto savvy long-term analysis has been spot on hmm. yeah i mean i, 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 I here's what i would say to anyone and it sounds funny because you would think that we would want people just to stay here i go follow a lot of people i would even say go follow people you know you disagree with and here's the reason why if you want to be right but you don't even know the arguments of the people that disagree with you Odds are you're going to be wrong quite often. But when you know why you're right and you know why they're wrong because you've listened to them and you've heard the logic and you still come back saying, I, I heard everything they laid out and I still disagree with them. That's what's going to make you an intelligent person who's right more often than not. If all you do is follow people that you like and all you do is listen to people that tell you what you want to hear, you're probably setting yourself up for failure. Uh, and that's that's my opinion. Just so you guys know, I watch people all the time that I disagree with. I do like listening to people that I agree with. But I also like listening to people I disagree with. So Savvy, I, I don't know that much about him. Savvy could be the best technical analyst in the world. But even if he's wrong, shout out to Savvy. Like, go follow Savvy. Go follow technical analysts. If you're serious and you want to grow in your technical analysis, learn it first and then go watch and, and build a community of people that help teach you the ins and outs. You're gonna say yeah, no, I, I wanted to share a, a, just one more second of uh, this is somebody that I follow who's phenomenal. This is a uh, plan C who does uh, incredible. And I, I just brought this up on, on stream a second ago and I want to explain it just a little bit better. Basically this lower band is essentially uh, a floor band that he has basically outlined based on uh, all the information uh, that he's put together uh, with on-chain metrics. And essentially what it's really pointing out, if you read this only four days, uh, or 0.01% of time uh, has, has been spent below the floor par, uh, price band over the last 10 years. It would take a black swan great, uh, a black swan greater than the COVID crash, in my opinion, to spend weeks or months below. Uh, it's important uh, to understand that the floor price band equally uh, update update daily based on on-chain data inputs. And so essentially what this is showing, this is exactly what we we're saying, the 29 to 32K level. And going back to uh, my chart here, this is essentially uh, the, the, these two levels here, which is essentially uh, basically the 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 bottom of this, most of this downtrend here. And then when we broke it, basically this is the floor here at 29,000. So the 29 to 32 K region and going to my other chart, you can see this is actually 
the exact sort of region that is my sort of ultimate uh, support that we are going to be fighting for right here. And I, I will start to get uh, very bearish in terms of uh, what's going to be happening over the next uh, two or three months. If we do break below, uh, basically below 29K and we fall below this giant support band, uh, support floor, uh, then, then you know, I, I will be shifting my direction, looking to much, much more downside targets. Yeah, definitely the 24 or 26 K region, likely even the 20 K region. But until we break this and it's scary to say this, especially with this massive uh, downward price action that, that we feel like has just been happening uh, perpetually, you know, or since November, essentially, uh, technically we still haven't, uh, we still haven't broken below our last uh, higher low. So and right now we're still at a higher high in this macro trend. So uh, until we breach this level, I'm still going to, to have at least a small bullish bias and it's getting closer and closer to 50 50 every day. Uh, but I but, do think we have room to pull back and we need to play, we need to play our cards. Uh, we need to play our, that, our hands carefully because of that. That's the last thing I want to say on Bitcoin before we move to Ethereum. Cause we do have to move on is even reading this chat. So you guys know I have my phone next to me so I can, I can reach out and uh, anyone who disagrees with us or hates us or doesn't think we're so glad you're here. First of all, welcome. Thank you for coming and watching every single day. Uh, as someone said, some, when I made my little thing about, hey, follow people you disagree with, someone said, hey, Tim, that's why I'm here. Great. That's awesome. Uh, if you disagree with us, I love that you're here and you're following. But looking at the chat, looking at everybody, like it just seems like everybody. There are some people who are like, no, 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 we still believe. Overwhelmingly, the majority of people are flipping bearish, you know, it, to the point where even people who have been adamant about we are still in a bull market are starting to say, Maybe, like maybe, you know, is that not the exact moment if we're in a season of manipulation that the that the composite man, the whales, the institutions will say, all right, it's time. They're all ready to sell. We're ready to buy, flip, and let's go. Not saying that means automatically, like, oh, we're going to just go ahead and flip. But we talked about this last week. We kind of low-key have to be in a depression phase where even bulls become convinced that it's over for us to finally flip to the upside if we're in a season of manipulation. And I do believe that's what we're in. So to me, I'm even looking at this chat and the, and the negativity and saying Dude, this is it, a bullish Dude, it reminds sign. me very specifically of uh, when we are rounding out June going into July before we had the massive uh, spike in July that just basically rocketed. Yeah, there's so much that, negativity uh, that downward too. trend. Yeah. It's it's so so similar. Yep. Well, let's go ahead and jump into Ethereum because that is part of what we're talking about today. We're not going to take you know as long a time, definitely, as we did on Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the papa bear of crypto, but Ethereum is the mama bear. And I want to let you guys know what's happening here. The first thing I want to show you guys is Fibonacci. We're sitting pretty darn close to a key level on Fibonacci retracement, and that is right above the 0.786. If we were to draw this all the way back to our low we had back on the 25th of June, it wasn't. It was a local low, not. An all-time low, obviously, all-time low would be zero. But we are sitting just above this key level. This is something to keep an eye on with Ethereum. There are a lot of similar metrics on the smaller time frames for Ethereum as Bitcoin. For example, if we go to the four-hourly chart, we're going to see the exact same bullish RSI divergence forming on Ethereum. The truth is, I bet you we're going to probably going to find this on almost every single crypto out there. But this is something to keep your eye on. This is not what means that the bottom is in and we're reversing back to the upside. However, seeing this bullish RSI divergence on the four hourly chart, which is a small time frame in the grand scheme of things, but large enough to be significant. I do expect us to see a fresh, a fresh little 
breath of air and rally and come back up on Ethereum. Again, I, if you're a swing trader, I would be watching this very closely to watch how it plays out. Uh, and, and because Ethereum does look like, at least for the next couple of hours, it could be a little bit bullish. Again, that's pretty common, especially after you see what we saw on CoinGecko, where almost every single crypto, in fact, every single crypto except uh, the, the stable coins was in the red. When you see a day of nothing but red, a lot of times you see a day that followed at least with somewhat green action happening, which isn't necessarily great for investors long-term. That doesn't mean that the pain is over, but for traders, it means, hey, here's an opportunity on a downtrend to make some money, unless you're somebody who shorts, in which case maybe you're making a lot of money because you've been shorting this market ever since the top. Kudos to you. That's not what I do, and I don't think a lot of people do that. So uh, moving on, let's see. Let's look at some TD Sequential and Bollinger Bands. I told you guys when we were doing Bitcoin, most likely we're going to see some similar things on almost every single chart. And sure enough, we're definitely at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands with a green nine flash on the daily chart. Let's move out to the three daily chart and see if we see any different. Nope, sure enough, we had it on the last candle. We were extended below, and we had that green nine. On the weekly chart, is it any different? Nope, weekly chart just flashed green nine, bottom of the Bollinger Bands. So guys, as a whole, Ethereum sitting similar spot to Bitcoin is looking like it's at a spot that wants to reverse. Now, I do wanna clarify, someone put it in chat earlier and they were absolutely right. Just because we're at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands and just because we just had a green nine flash doesn't mean we have to flip this instance. There's lots of times where we continue to go down or on the flip side, there's lots of times where we've seen a red nine and the price continue to go up. Absolutely. But what it means is, hey, the bottom or the top is close. We are coming. It's going to be here soon. I think the only thing that would change that, and it's a pretty pivotal point, is what happens in the Fed news. With the Fed announcement, if it is good, great for bulls, great for the price, it's going to shoot back up. If it's negative, at that point, I would say, guys, let's throw technical analysis to the wayside for just a second. Not completely. Let's still pay attention to set up our new trends. But I would say if we come back with negative news from that Fed announcement, I think the technical analysis saying that we need to revert back to the upside becomes canceled because in that case, it doesn't matter what the psychology of past trades have been. That's going to scare new trades. It's going to scare new investors. They're going to grab their money a little tighter, which is kind of funny because I do think in the future, I think in the future, when we come to these spots where our economics are kind of messed up and the US dollar and other fiat currencies are messed up and they need, they're, they're kind of in a spot where they need to have the interest rates risen just to restable the economy, I think that we're gonna see people flock to crypto because of its ability to be decentralized, because it's an alternative to a broken money system. It's just for right now, the crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, everything is still tied to the uh, financial markets. I'm waiting and, and I think it's gonna come sooner than people think that we finally split and it turns out actually when the finance world is suffering, that's when crypto is doing its best. That's all I have for Ethereum. Let's go back, check in with chat again and see if there's anything new here. I'm sure we didn't get all the chat done last time. Yeah, uh, Chris Davidson, when Bitcoin loses the 50 MA on the weekly timeframe, it is extremely bearish and it bottoms at 200 weekly MA, which in the case it is sitting around 19 to 20K. Say that one. I'm, I, I was trying to follow. I, so, I, sorry, it's a lot. I missed it. Yeah, sorry. Uh, when Bitcoin loses the 20 or the 50 MA on yes. the weekly time frame, it is extremely bearish and it bottoms at the 200 weekly MA, which in the case it is sitting around 19 to 20K. 
I, you, know, you know what? I'm not going to go back to the chart to do that. What I will say is, what was the guy's name? Uh, Chris Davidson. Chris Davidson, thank you for bringing that to our attention. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do some back analysis, and tomorrow I'll let you guys know, based off of what I found, uh, what I think on that issue. Because, again, the little bit I saw, and, again, I didn't look at everything in the history of Bitcoin, but even looking back a couple of months, or it would be a couple of years, actually, because we're on the weekly chart, uh, I saw an example where we bounced off the 100 after crossing the low 50, which means that could have been an outlier. It could be consistent. Uh, I, I want to check on that, and I, I advise every single person, even here, when you hear Jeb or myself or Kelly quote a metric, uh, if if we just show it to you in your face and, and we show you every argument, you know, that's one thing. But but go back and check them. Go back and say, all right, well, is that true that that happens every time or most of the time or 70% of the time? Uh, we want you guys checking for yourself because the whole purpose of this channel is not to teach you what to think, but how to think. And because what we really want, and this is the word that that Jeb talks about, and he's talking about it day after day after day on this channel, is we want you to have financial sovereignty, where money no longer has control over you, but you have control over your money. But when you just trust blindly everything that other people say, or when you decide to let other people invest for you and you don't want to touch it yourself, that's not you having control over your money. That's financial. That's the money still having control over you. It's when you take it into your own hands and you make decisions and you know the numbers and you know the charts and you make informed decisions. That's when you truly have control over your finances, and that's what we want for you. Uh, any other questions we have in chat? Uh, Tom Wilkes donated again. In my honest opinion, TA is like history class in school. Won't guarantee what will happen tomorrow, but we know we we can't know where we're going until we know where we've been. It's true. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to have things happen so we can make, uh, so we can know the future. Like this, I think what is happening right now in all of crypto is history. I think that there will be years from now where we go back and look at, hey, watch what that price did in 2021. Let's learn from what happened there and use that to be able to predict the future. So absolutely. Uh, and then Jurassic Token on Pancake Swap just donated. Apparently, there's a Jurassic movie coming out mid year. Smay, did you know that? Chill. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> Chill. <laughs> All right. Anything else? No, nothing else. All right. Well, uh, let's. Uh, you know, we haven't heard from Smay here in a little bit, and you know, Smay, we've been talking Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, and I know I saw in chat people definitely want to hear what you have to think. I, what are your thoughts? I, 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 <clears throat> sorry, I just want to say, what's with this whole uptick in uh, people wanting to hear what I have to say? I don't know. Why? Anyways. Why do you? Why is that? You almost think it sounds like it's a negative thing. It's not. It's not. I'm very happy about it. I think it's. It makes me feel good. You are the turtle king, and uh, we're in a turtle market. So why wouldn't they want to hear you? Speak? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So uh, do you have anything specifically you want my opinion? Well, on? we talked about Bitcoin here a little bit. What are your thoughts on Ethereum uh, on the price actually you see happening there? And, and as a whole, what is your thoughts on crypto market? Because we're probably not going to have time to do every single altcoin we want. I'll probably yeah. do a couple blowthroughs on a, on a couple of them. But what are your thoughts about what you see in the altcoin world, not just Bitcoin? Um, I, I mean, to be honest with you, it, it's they're basically all following each other, and yeah. I like crypto as a whole is start is kind of following the stock market, you know. So it's like they're all kind of moving as one pod of fish, and uh, that's why it's like I, I, you know, there really is nothing special to say. Hey, uh, the, you know, uh, Ethereum is doing this, or you know, Cardano is doing that, or but at this point. People in general are just taking their money out, right? Hmm. Like it's just what's happening right now. Now, uh, ultimately, like I, I'm pretty. Uh, what I was saying in the chat earlier, like I am pretty 
I I think we're pretty bearish. I think we're going to continue to be pretty bearish. I think if anything, we're going to be very very boring for a while. Uh, somebody asked me what I thought the bottom was going to be. I think we uh, even just looking uh, at the VP uh, VPVR and what I've been looking at and my crude my crude technical analysis skills. I've uh, been noticing that there's a lot of support around that 32 level or kind of around where we're at now. Mm. Um, so I don't personally see us going much further down unless there's some sort of uh, there's more heavier manipulation or another shakeout or anything like that um, but no I, I think we're probably going to hover around this area and I think we're probably not going to see another uh, uh, us going back up to the 50 range or even closer to all time high for a while I think we're going to be trading here and it's just going to be boring for a really long time people are going to be really depressed but um, I, what I was saying also in the chat earlier is uh, whether it be altcoins or Bitcoin, uh, whether it be altcoins or Bitcoin, there we go. this is I know I ran over. Oh, this good. is a perfect time to uh, dollar cost average, and I'm not even saying yeah. that because uh, I'm being bullish. I'm actually saying that because I'm being bearish. If we even if we start to go further down, or we go down to you know 29 or further down than that, uh, this is still a perfect opportunity to get lower average entries, mm -hmm. uh, which means overall you're going to be more in the green when we see another uh, rise. And whether that be, if you're bearish on the whole concept of these cryptocurrencies as a whole, I think this is that's too early to make that call. You know what I mean? Nothing mm -hmm. has changed fundamentally to make, uh, make, there's no heavy regulation yet. There's nothing crazy that's happened to make it seem like crypto as a whole is dead. I think, you know, even looking at the stock market, People are just bored, uh, and there's been a lot of things happening here and there politically that people are just not interested in. And I think, yeah. uh, especially what we're seeing with the Fed here soon, I think that's going to be a big tell in terms of what we're going to see in terms of the stock market. And then I think the the cryptocurrency market is going to follow that. So yeah, I well, did uh, I, I did see a headline as well that uh, President Biden was going to be doing a uh, executive order uh, for, I don't remember when it was, sometime in 2022, uh, maybe it was by the end of 2022. I'm not sure what exactly what it was, but that Joe Biden was, uh, President Biden was going to be doing an executive order to uh, that was stipulating that there had to be a clear framework for cryptocurrency regulation uh, coming. So yeah. that's something to keep an eye yeah. on as well. It is much like you said, right now we're still in the, uh, in, in the way is the golden age of crypto and, and that yeah. it's unregulated. And the reason why that's a golden age, that, that just is more related to uh, profitability in terms of what you can get on these swings, because at the end of the day, mm. you make money on volatility. So as much as people are hating this volatility to the downside, you really can't because 90% 90% of the reason why most people got in in the first place was because they were excited about the explosive gains they could get. Well, you can't get explosive gains Without unless a, yeah, there's exactly. also explosive uh, downside. So yep. you've got to play it safe either way. So uh, a lot of people ask, you know, what the time horizon is. And to be very honest, uh, one of the things that, you know, for instance, myself and Tim and Smay and uh, Jeb, our whole crew, we're looking at this very long term. So uh, yes, right now, is an absolute incredible buy zone because there are so many people talking 
at 64,000, 68,000, 60,000 that, oh, they can't wait till it dips so they can get back in at the 40K level. And then it, you know, went to 40K, they didn't buy, which is in, in this in this instance, a good thing. But now we're at the 30, 33K, 34K region. Uh, and so the point is that you don't just go, once it gets to whatever, whatever level you're excited about and just dump all your money into it. That's why and I, just, I mentioned this earlier. It's all about breaking up your entries and laddering in your, your entries across, you know, a couple of weeks or maybe even a, a few months. Uh, so you can average, average your entry price, whether it goes up or down, you're going to basically get the best average price versus yeah. getting it now. And then it drops further and you're like, damn it, or waiting now. And then it goes up and then you dump it all in at 40 K again. And then it's still choppy. So it really yeah. is, uh, to your benefit to ladder your entries over uh, multiple different timeframes. Well, and I, I mean, right now, I, I think the what where the way I'm looking at this right now, and I know for a lot of you guys, you guys are traders. So like what Kelly was saying, you guys are looking for those low entries. You're looking for those high tops to be able to sell. Uh, and, and you're trying to leverage this very volatile market to make a lot of US dollars, right? Right now, honestly, where my mind is, is I'm just in a place of like, I'm, I don't really, I see the future. I see where we're headed and I'm not interested in being uh, US dollars rich. Uh, you know, I'm looking to become uh, a, I'm trying to accumulate as much Bitcoin as possible, which means I'm going to be, you know, using these opportunities at these low levels to buy as much so I can, for my dollar, get more and more and more Bitcoin uh, and, and I'm not going to sell, you know, I have no intention to, to try to sell these tops or whatever. And, you know, I'm just looking to buy and, and get the bang, best bang for my buck, uh, because I know the future is headed towards where a uh, Bitcoin is going to be extremely valuable, uh, and it's going to be something everyone's going to want to have. Um, so I'm stocking up now, especially while I'm young. So, uh, pretty much that's why I'm saying like, Hey, I'm pretty in the short term, pretty bearish. Like we're probably going to be going down. We're probably going to be really boring for a while. This is pro we're probably going to be here for a good little bit. And, and I don't think we're going to see any explosive all time highs anytime soon, unless the whales decide they want to, you know, be all silly. But, uh, no, ultimately guys, this is just an opportunity for you guys to, to really invest in one, your education, to be able to learn more about what you're investing in in the first place. Right. Especially when you're not you know, feeling like you're missing out in your FOMO. Uh, you can learn about what you're investing in, feel confident in your investments, and then uh, dollar cost average to get uh, lower entries uh, based off of whatever your goal is, whether it's to long-term invest and uh, and build wealth in, in crypto, mm -hmm. or you're, uh, you're just wanting to, you know, build your US dollars wealth uh, to be able in the short term to take care of what you need to take care of. You know, uh, this is a great opportunity for any of those uh, any of those strategies. So just take advantage of it and, and don't, don't get fudded out or don't get scared, uh, and give up, uh, because this is, this is why there's not a lot of rich people <laughs> like comparatively, because at, like it takes a special kind of emotional fortitude in these moments to be able to make the right decisions that are going to set you up for a, a brighter future. Uh, and a lot of people end up taking the shortcuts or a lot of people end up uh, uh, falling victim to their emotions. Mm. Uh, and that's why a lot of people don't make it. And that's why you have to, you have to think differently uh, and you have to be strong. So there you go. Well, 
We were going to do some uh, technicals on uh, <laughs> some altcoins. We ran out of time. We're not going to have time to do that today. I'm going to give you a short little uh, thing, though. You go to any chart, almost any chart on altcoins. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction. It was either in a falling wedge or a symmetrical triangle pattern that it broke downside. And it's now hovering a little bit lower, doing a similar price action to what Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all the other altcoins are doing. Uh, we will talk about more of that today or tomorrow. Tomorrow, I know there's some interesting stuff happening in Phantom um, and some other altcoins that are potentially at great buy spots, but we're going to save that for tomorrow. I want to close out by just letting you guys take a breath. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people right now are freaking out. They're raising their anxiety and it's not good for their financial health. It's not good for their personal health, their uh, spiritual health, their fine, anything like literally you're the anxiety that is bu building up inside of you right now is going to wreck you. People are worried about Bitcoin's price getting wrecked. What we're really worried about is when people get wrecked. And I want to encourage every single one of you to breathe right now. There have been so many times in crypto where the price does things similar to what it's doing right now and it comes back. But let's say it doesn't Let's say it doesn't do that. If your hope and your end all being is in crypto, I want to encourage you to take a step away and to think, to spend some time with your family, spend some time. If you're spiritual, if you have a faith, spend some time in your faith body. You know, we here at this channel, every single one of us believes in Jesus. And here's the thing about Jesus that I want to encourage every single one of you. And I know some of you are going to hate this, but I want to say it anyway. Jesus came that we might have peace. He came that we might have hope. He came that we might have a future. And as great as crypto is, if your future exists because of crypto, I'm, I'm just here to tell you it's going to be a rough end for you. I love crypto. Crypto is a financial tool and is one of the reasons why I believe I will have financial sovereignty. I will have financial freedom. I will have the ability to go out and do the things that God has called me to do. But... My end-all be-all is not crypto. And even if your end-all be-all is not Jesus, even if your end-all be-all is not anything else, I encourage you to make sure that you are taking care of your health inside and outside of the financial realm. Because how terrible would it be if you had all the money in the world and every single investment you ever made was in the green, but everything else in your life was crumbling around you? I right now can tell you, I would hate, hate, hate to hear stories where someone said like, Tim, I've made a lot of money, but my life is falling apart. Let's use this season, not just to educate ourselves on crypto, but to breathe and to reflect and to think about everything around us and to make sure that we are not so focused on the finance world that the finance world becomes our slave. It is not financial sovereignty. It is not financial freedom to be a slave to the crypto markets, to do to, to say my good days and bad days ride on at the fact if we had a green candle or a red candle. But instead, that's a nice cherry on top that I had a green day. If that is something that you want to hear more about and learn more about and be a part of a group that feels that way, I heavily encourage you. We might be wrong sometimes. We might not always be 100% perfect, but we will always, always, always be here to encourage and love on and care for you in more ways than just crypto. If that's something you love, please consider hitting subscribe. Please consider joining some of our groups. Reach out to us on support at CryptoJeb.com. If you need prayer, if you need support, if you just need someone to talk to, we are here for more than just your financial goals, although that's the main reason we exist. We're here to see you become better people. We love you guys. That's all we have for today. Hopefully, Jeb will be back. Uh, and guys, I will see you tomorrow. Love you.
listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at McAfee Media.